Welcome to the St. Joseph Radio Presents live program broadcasting to you from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. The program that for over 30 years has brought you eloquent speakers from across the globe to help explain, clarify, and evangelize the Catholic faith. Our program covers a variety of topics relating to current issues and occurrences in our daily lives. Now, with the aid of technology, we are able to bring the gospel message to the four corners of the world, where Christ himself did say, those who have ears ought to hear. It is our hope at St. Joseph Radio that through these programs, we can help evangelize the world and change one soul at a time. Now, here is your host to introduce today's guest and topic. Wow, we had to give that guy a raise. Yeah, you just, you just introduced yourself, Matt. Yeah, all right. Welcome to St. Joseph Radio Presents. We are coming to you live from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. My name is Matt Logman in studio today with Peter Karutz, Ray Gerard. It's the Evangelization Moments program today. The and, Three Amigos. And because back in the we summer. have Thanksgiving coming up, we thought it apropos to talk about giving thanks. And I'd like to thank Peter for volunteering to start us off with a prayer today. Oh, boy, I was looking for one, and I didn't find one. So here we go. we got to start out with a prayer. Father and Son of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, we give you thanks for all that you have given us. We give you thanks for uh, the blessings. We give you thanks for our family. We give you thanks especially for our struggles and for our failures because we know that you have our... Uh, well-being, and our good in mind. So even in our failures, we thank you because Paul says we should thank God in all things, and we do. So we especially give you thanks for our life and the ability to be here and worship you and spread the word. Bless our work today and make it fruitful. Help us be your hands on earth and help us spread your word and bring the love of Jesus Christ in all our dealings and all our meetings and all our encounters. We ask this through your name, our Lord. Amen. 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 Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Man, you get right down to it. I usually delay a few minutes, and then somebody reminds me that I forgot to pray. Man, you, you've got to... Takes you have no a, prisoners. you got to sheet there and tick things off and make sure we don't mess up. Huh? There's a lot to cover in about 55 minutes. Yeah, that's right. I'm very thankful for the time what, we have. What are we covering today, by the way? Giving thanks. And I think we should subtitle the program, Be the One... Referring to scripture where 10 lepers were cured and only one leper came back to give thanks. I got a buddy who I used to travel with. He was, well, he was my client at the time. And uh, during Katrina and that disaster, we were just gone for weeks. About a year and a half, we were gone all the time. We'd work together, eat together, pray together, go to church together. And he used to always say that, be the one, be the one. And never knew (laughs) what he was talking about. He said, "What, what do you mean, be the one? And... And, you know, we, we, you talked about a moment ago that parable about the leper, the one who came back. 
aren't we all like that? Man, we are praying all the time for this and for that. Will you pray for me? Would you pray for my family? But when do we thank God, thank God for what he has done? Whether the answer was yes or no or whatever he decided was best. We for should... myself, it's early and often. Yeah, well, yeah, and we should give thanks. Yes, yes we should. That's a good there, idea. There's a, a tradition of the 54-day rosary, which I do all the time. And so it's uh, 27 days, three novenas, for an intention, because we have every right to pray for what we would like. And then it's 27 days, three novenas, rosaries, in thanksgiving for God's will, whether we see the results of our prayer or not. Why? Because we're telling God what we want, but God knows what's best for us. So I really like the 54-day rosary, especially part two, because what do we do? We say we have confidence in God. We have confidence in him when we pray and tell him what we want to do, but we should have more confidence in him to realize he knows what's best for us, irrespective of what we ask for. So I think that's part of being the one. Thank God for the answering of your prayer, whether you know it or not. Give me thanks to God. Yeah, you know, I was, um, I was reminded of the fact, as you were talking, I was reminded of you know, what is commonly said to be the format for doing uh, a holy hour. When you go before the blessed uh, Lord in the sacrament, um, you know, if you're don't, not sure what to do for an entire hour, um, a, very, a common kind of prescription is to divide that hour into four 15-minute segments. Take the first one, simply acknowledge who God is. Just contemplate who he really is. Um, creator, the, you know, the Father, the, you know, the you know, omnipresent, omniscient, you know, creator of the universe— you know, Christ, our Savior, the Holy Spirit, you know, um, you know, the, the, you know, the, the reason that through baptism we're, you know, saved from original sin. Whatever, just, just contemplate, you know, all of that. Uh, second 15 minutes, you know, show a little remorse, you know, for what you've done when you haven't given thanks, perhaps. All the things you've done wrong, your failures that you were talking about, Peter. Yeah, why, why talk about Peter and his failures? But that's okay. Go ahead. You were talking about failures. I didn't talk about Peter's failures. We don't have time to talk about Peter's failures. <laughs> okay. But anyways, um, and then the third 50-minute segment are you know petitions. You know the the common things. You know the common way we always think of prayer. But then the last 15 minutes is supposed to be when you give thanks, and you know isn't that a, the way? Like every you know, communication with God should end, perhaps begin and end. And, you know, I mean, to actually take 50 minutes and think about the things that you should be thankful for. If you have, for example, problems in your life, why not give thanks for the, for the problems, for the difficulties? The things, the opportunities to show your faith that, you know, whatever he puts in your path has, has got to be, as you said, Peter, you know, for our good, that he's always got our, our good in mind. And there's, there's this peace that comes from that. There's, there's a healthy aspect to doing that. But actually take 15 minutes and think about all those things. Yeah. You know, again, we're talking about thanks. And I think that uh, I, I don't think I'm off base when I say we are all readily uh, um, eager to pray for what we want. And sometimes we forget to, to thank God. You know, even in our normal secular life, it's considered reasonable and, and common etiquette to send a thank you note, right? And if you don't, you think, oh, wow, so what do I get? 
But when we pray, we don't do it. <laughs> you know, it's it's almost like ah, I don't got to send the family a thank thank you note because they you know they we know they love me and 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 we are. That's what our relationship with uh, God and our Lord is. We're familial. We're a family, but still, it means something to say thank you. And and having said that, I send thank you notes. Uh, I have. I've never sent a thank you note to God. Maybe that's on my list. Maybe I should write it down. Mail it to yourself. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Why yeah, not? Kind of like Santa Claus. You know? Yeah. Hey, and uh, with regard to um, uh, adoration, I, I got to tell you, uh, it this uh, as we, um, you know, have uh, look forward to the gospel tomorrow. I'm trying to think. I just slipped out of my mind. I'm sorry, but um, uh, the gospel of Mark comes to mind where our, our Lord says to the apostles, "You know, could you not even spend an hour with me?" You know, and you said, what should we do in adoration? So this is a big plug for adoration. I think it's a great way to say thank you to our Lord is to go and sit in adoration, hang out with him for an hour. But one of the things I might recommend, aside from just do it, go to adoration, you'll never uh, understand the experience it is until you do it. But uh, it is the direction I got from, one, from my spiritual director years ago. Uh, and uh, he said, how's your spiritual life? I said, oh, it's good. I pray. I got this. I go to adoration. I got that, 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 that. I do all this. The hours gone. He said, go in and do nothing. You know, I I heard a priest say this once, uh, not too long. He says, waste time with God. (laughs) Sit and hang out with them. You know, the, the kids these days, they say, what are you doing? I'm chilling, right? What are you doing? I'm hanging out. What are they? What are they chill and what do they hang out with? They're friends, right? That's how you get to know them better. So go chill and hang out with God. Do a, do a little bit in adoration. What's amazing is this: when he told me to do that, I said, "Okay, what do I do?" I got my notebook out. He says, "Nothing. <laughs> Listen." Uh, again, it's a it's a difficult thing to communicate to go and do nothing, but it's so valuable because that's when you really sit and listen. You know, as we do this radio program, one of the things we don't want is dead air, right? So we're waiting to say something. We're waiting to to tag, tag on to something that Ray says or something that Matt says. But when you go to adoration, best thing you can do is be quiet. Listen to what God has to say to you. It's hard to do. Terribly hard to do. And your your notebook to have with you, though, still, because when he tells you something... You really want to write it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I know that uh, uh, Lexio Divina has four parts. What, what is it? Uh, you, they are you read, you meditate, you pray, and then you c- contemplate. I, did I say that right? I, I may have said it wrong. But I had a fifth. I write it down. Because after, you know, in that contemplation, you're listening to what God has to say, and I write them down. And uh, I go back years, and I think, who wrote that? You know? Holy Spirit. Yeah, who wrote that? I don't even remember it, recognize it. So thanking God, one of the best things you can do to thank someone is go spend some time with them. Spend time with the Lord, waste time with the Lord. You know, you're talking about um, adoration and what to do in it um, and just hanging out with God. Just hanging out with God, just going there is thanks. Just, I mean, the act of going uh, to a church or a chapel to give, to participate in adoration is thanks. I mean, the first thing that you're doing is you're acknowledging that he is there, yeah. that, that, that it's that presence. You know, you've got—what's what, what, that prayer from, from Fatima, you know, where it, it talks about 
uh, giving thanks or, or giving um, uh, what penance for all the tabernacles all around the world yeah, yeah, yeah. where he is not worshipped and adored. Right. Uh, because he makes himself so available. I mean, we talk about the incarnation. He humbled himself. He became human. How incredibly loving that was. And we, we think about that. But what about where he continues to humble himself and continues to make himself available to us? And he's there. And he waits. And he waits. And he waits. And he's waiting for us. And, you know, often enough, we don't show. Yeah. But he still waits. Therein lies the priorities right yeah. there. Right. You know, if you don't prioritize God as number one in your life, it's not going to turn out as good as it should. Yeah. And we are, we're really brilliant people here. How in the world did we come up with this Thanksgiving type of a topic for the program? Maybe it's because we have a holiday <laughs> coming up. Uh, That's sheer brilliance. Uh, I know. Someone has to be. Brilliant. And as much as we enjoy <laughs> the holiday to eat it, there's a lot of people out there that dread family time you know it's like people coming into their lives that they would much rather not spend time so therefore we do need to talk about it and give thanks for those people whether they are trials or not right yeah and i think that that is again you you kid on it this is a time That's why i'm here i know man you are <laughs> unbelievable and and you know we what one of the things we're doing is you're saying you're getting together with family who we don't see all the time it is a time to share the faith, right? How do we do that? We can do it all kinds of different ways. We're going to hear about it in a, in a minute or two. But we can do it casually, easily. Um, start a tradition. You know, my mother-in-law, who's passed, I don't know, four, four or five years ago, um, however we did it, we uh, would say grace as a group. And sometimes you wonder if, you know, some people you're with, that might be the one or two times they say grace a year. Uh, but... What she did is she she was a, a little uncomfortable with con, you know extemporaneous prayer right the bless us our Lord and these it's easy, and she in order to to uh, be contemporaneous as we were encouraging to do she said why don't we all say something we're thankful for and now it's been our tradition she's long gone now but that's our tradition as we go around the table everyone young and old uh, and I do mean young they come up with the best ones we all say something. We all thank God for something, something we're grateful for. So start your own traditions. Make it easy. Make it casual, right? That's how we share the faith, faith in our everyday common language. Yeah, and to be thankful for those people that are sitting around that table. I think, Matt, you, you hit it just right. Uh, I know you don't do that maybe quite so often, but once in a while. But... Uh, um, nobody can see you smiling on the radio, man. You got to laugh, even if you know it's a forced one. But anyways, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, oh. <laughs> but anyways, um, but you hit it right. I mean, those people that maybe were not looking forward to seeing, nevertheless, to give thanks for them. I mean, now that's Christian, isn't it? I mean, that is uh, that that's the mark of being a true Christian. And if you can you know, go there mentally. If you can get comfortable with thinking that way, what, you're building up virtue, you're going to find, you know, a, a deeper level of, of peace. I mean, you know, there's, you know, and why not, even if it's only one day a year, why not on a holiday do, do it then? Um, you know, because 
it's, it's what you might not normally do, you might not regularly do, you might not otherwise do ever at all, but to do it then, uh, yeah. I mean, that, that will you know, get you closer to feeling, even if it's only for a moment, you know, how Christ felt and feels about all of us. And one of the ways they can do that is to make sure that before the people come over is to get the bushel basket off of the light. Oh, yeah. You know, preach always, and only when necessary, use words. So that's how you want to treat the. You walk around smiling, joyful, and all the good stuff that comes along with our faith. This is St. Joseph Radio Presents. We are coming to you live from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. Matt Logman here today with Peter Karutz and Ray Gerard. And folks, when it comes time to serve these people, tell them that you figured out how to live a full life. F-U-L, grateful, thankful, hopeful, and prayerful. Well, and we are coming up against that that holiday, right? We're going to have family in the house. So why don't we do the one thing that is the source and summit of our faith, and that is go to church, go to Mass, and invite people to go. So here's the quiz of the day. The word Eucharist, what does it mean? What does the word Eucharist mean? It means Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is the word that we celebrate today. Uh, and that was sort of circular logic. We, you know, we are celebrating our thankfulness to the Lord. Wouldn't it be good to thank the Lord in the Eucharist? Uh, it, it, it is one of those things that are in our common parlance and under our nose every single day. But at your uh, prayer at Thanksgiving, maybe mention that. Mention that and see maybe you go to church even if it is just to say hi. We, that's, that, in fact, is what we are doing sometimes at Thanksgiving. When I was in Chicago, I had parents and one in the city. I had my, my girlfriend at the time, her, my wife now. Hers were way out there in the suburbs. And, you know, you think you eat a lot at Thanksgiving. We'll just wait until you go to two Thanksgiving dinners. And, but that's, all, that's what we would do sometimes. One of those families, all you could do is stop in right? And, and when we would go back and visit for Thanksgiving, we really did. We just stopped in. How about stopping in to visit the Lord in the Eucharist? Just stop in. Even if you can't go to Mass, stop in. What a great new tradition to add. Yeah. Um, and besides, you know, inviting people to Mass, I think for a lot of people, uh, holidays, times like this, Thanksgiving, Maybe a chance, you know, where you're going to get together with people where maybe, uh, as Matt, you're talking about, it isn't going to necessarily always be so comfortable. There, there are lots of people in our, in our families who may not be practicing faith. They may not be comfortable with the subject of God and religion. You know, but the day itself, I think it's, it's probably worth remembering that the day itself is to give thanksgiving to God. We think about it as a national holiday, a secular holiday. You know, uh, what is it supposed to be? You know, you, you thank, be thankful for the food, thankful for if you've got a job, thankful for your health. No, it's it, the origin of the holiday is to give thanksgiving to God. Now, we don't normally think of it that way. We've got this idea now that we've got separation of church and state, and they don't go together. And, you know, that this is just a national holiday. It's really got nothing to do with God. But the actual the origins of the day, our, our current national holiday, uh, go back to a proclamation in 1863 by, you know, President Lincoln. And most people think, well, that's when Thanksgiving's uh, But actually, 
started before that here in our in our country. But you know, Lincoln, when he gave his proclamation, of course, in the midst of the Civil War, time of great trial, distress, uh, a lot of heartache, um, and yet it was a time to give thanks. And Lincoln uh, talked about a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. It's a funny thing for the leader of a, of a country when there's supposed to be such separation of church and state. And I recommended them, while offering up the ascriptions justly due to him for such singular deliverances and blessings, they do also, and here's an interesting part, with humble penitence for our national perverseness and disobedience, commend to his tender care all those who have become widows, orphans, mourners, uh, and so forth. Um, so that was on the, on the mind and in the hearts and minds of, of the people at that time. But it might be interesting, maybe a lesser known fact is that there was a prior presidential proclamation for a day of Thanksgiving. And it was given by the first president at the very birth of our country. Uh, president George Washington uh, made a similar pronouncement after having been requested to do so by both houses of Congress. And he referred to the great and glorious being who was the beneficent author of all the good that was, that is, or that will be, that we may then all unite in rendering unto him our sincere and humble thanks. And interestingly enough, besides talking as well about most humbly offering our prayers and supplications, he also suggested and recommended to the people that they beseech, uh, beseech God to pardon our national and other transgressions. So the same theme is recited by both uh, Presidents Washington and Lincoln, to give thanks, to offer prayers of thanks, and to offer penitence. Not surprising to me. Uh, I'm sure you all know uh, Bill Frederer. He has a nice series uh, on uh, audio with regard to prayer and fasting in, the co- in our country. Uh, from Washington through Lincoln and beyond, there have been declarations of prayer, uh, days of prayer and fasting. And, uh, you know, as they say, ignorance is bless. I'm not a lawyer. So when I read the First Amendment, I, I see that uh, there is no restriction from religion. There is just um, a, um, a freedom to exercise your faith. And it's an absolute freedom. Uh, doesn't, mean, doesn't mean that there's an absence of faith constitutionally. It's quite the opposite. It ensures and enshrines our right to express and exercise our, our freedom of religion. And, you know, as long as we're on this holiday of Thanksgiving, we know that the next shoe to fall, of course, is Christmas. And Christmas is was signed into law via an act of Congress by Ulysses S. Grant. And do you know what it celebrates? It celebrates the birth of our Lord. That is what the act says. So we are a, a, a country of faith, not a country who is absent of faith. Yeah. Faith is part of our life. Faith really is part of the founding and growth of our country. I, I, I bristle at even the word of separation of church and state because we listen to it with such, and now I'm droning on and on, with such modern ears. The word separation of church and faith, uh, I'm sorry, separation of, of uh, church and state simply and specifically and only refers to the federal government. 
federal government may not institute a particular religion, national religion, as they did in England. But beyond that, we have the right to our faith. And as you pointed out, we've exercised that both in prayer and thanksgiving, declarations by presidents from Washington through Lincoln and beyond. I mean, you're absolutely right. Isn't it funny? Uh, you're absolutely right that um, the framers, the, the, the drafters of our Constitution, wrote into it this guarantee for the free exercise of religion. And isn't it kind of ironic and funny that sometimes we feel reluctant? I mean, do we at these family gatherings feel reluctant to talk about religion, God, with right. family members? I mean, are we imposing on ourselves limitations such that we, we don't feel free to exercise those religious beliefs? Are we handcuffing ourselves at those I, I will say this. Uh, I guess people know us three here. We probably aren't. But I, I will say this. You yes, know, Benedict said, and I, I take his words to heart, do not immunize uh, the people you encounter from the faith. I'll say it again. Do not immunize the people you encounter from the faith. So when I am in a familial um, gathering where I know there is a lack of faith or even where they're antithetical, I can't say the word. Antithetical? Antithetical to faith. I sound smart if someone can help me with the words. Uh, I ask permission. I I will ask, I'll be in their house, I'll ask permission to say grace. Would you mind if we say grace? And they're like, oh, oh yeah, oh, sure. Uh, Nobody makes the sign of the cross or anything, but I, I, I think that it's such a shock that to say no would be, to be rude or discourteous. I was uh, at a business networking lunch uh, with a gentleman the other day, and uh, I had no idea what his faith leanings or inklings were. And I did the same thing. Uh, probably heard it. <laughs> probably heard it from you once before. <laughs> Maybe that's why I did it. But I, um, and I asked him, "Would you mind?" And there we are in this in this restaurant, and. Um, over the course of, of the lunch, I come to find out that, no, he's got a very strong faith. But here, here you've got, you know, two people who, you know, otherwise, you know, except for, you know, that initial offering of, of thanks for the, for the food, would never know this because we were both sort of, you know, afraid to, to broach, you know, that, that subject matter. And so, you know, maybe... You know, at these family gatherings, you're going to feel the same way. Hey, and you know what? If I'm paying for the dinner, I usually pray. And even if I don't pay for the dinner, I pray. I was in London in 2015 or six, 2016. Um, but to, to, to revert back to that, I had a call early in the morning on uh, one day last week from a client in London. And uh, he said, do you know who I'm with? I said, yeah, yeah, you're with this company. And he says, well, do you remember me? I'm like, no. He says... You have to remember me because you took us out to dinner in 2016 and you said grace at the table. <laughs> I said, man, you could be almost anybody. <laughs> well, well you that know, must have made cost, him feel good. <laughs> it cost him 12 pounds for lunch and he put on 15, right? Yeah, London, you got to watch out for their food sometimes. This is St. Joseph Radio Presents and we're coming to you live from the Rome of the West, St. Charles, St. Louis, Missouri. 
And it's Ray Gerard, Peter Karutz, and Matt Logman. And we're giving thanks. Hopefully you are too, folks. Make sure you be the one and come back to give thanks to God and praise and worship. We'll be right back. Looking for a way to teach your children about our Catholic faith? Colby Academy has the solution. Offering a curriculum that is loyal to the magisterium, classical, Ignatian, flexible and affordable, Colby can help with all your homeschooling needs. We offer a wide range of services, including live online courses for those looking for assistance teaching their students, recorded self-paced courses for those who want teacher instruction while needing the flexibility to move at their own pace, and traditional homeschool courses for maximum flexibility in home education. Our support services include advising for parents, record keeping and transcript services, a grading service, standardized testing, and guidance and college counseling. For more information, check out their website at colby.org. That's K-O-L-B-E dot org. Or give them a call. Area code 707-255-6499. That's 707-255-6499. It's Colby Academy. St. Joseph Catholic Radio is proud to announce the launch of SJEN-TV, the St. Joseph Evangelization Network. SJEN-TV is a premier online Catholic broadcasting network providing quality Catholic programming 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. We have programming such as live studio interviews, St. Joe's Java speaker presentations, current Catholic issues, and the Pro-Life series. We're featuring the many talented speakers out of Orange County, California, and the Archdiocese of St. Louis, Missouri including Professor John Gresham, Father James Mason, Karen Nokemper, Rick Hollerick, Bill Federer, and many more. To review the program list, go to sjen.tv or on Roku, sjen.tv. All this programming is free, and we are welcoming sponsorship of new programs. Find out more at sjen.tv. And we are back live from the realm of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. This is St. Joseph Radio Presents. Ray Gerard, Peter Karutz, and Matt Logman reminding you to give thanks. And a little behind the scenes, uh, we had a discussion here. We would like to share that with you. Oh, yeah, just kind of continuing on. So, you know, he, he, uh, he said, well, you must remember me because, you know, you said grace at the table at a business meeting. <laughs> and I said, man, you're almost, you could be almost anybody. And, and, um. Uh, as we're talking, I guess you, you said, someone said, well, that must have made him feel bad. And I said, you know what? It really made him feel good. He laughed, you know. And, and we start talking about faith, right? This was an important phone call early, early in the morning. He had to write a check for, you know, eight, nine figures, actually. And, it's a uh, big check. It was a big check. And he didn't, you know, he wasn't confident about where we needed to go or how we needed to do it and how we could justify it. And we were up against the deadline. But, but I said that, and he laughed, you know, and we started talking about faith. I think that we are all just ready to take that next step and talk about faith, to make it part of our real life, part of our everyday life. And, and that is what we are talking about today. Grace is giving thanks for our food, but it is more giving thanks for our relationship with God. So giving thanks that one day kind of gave this guy uh, thanks uh, for, for his faith. At the end of our call, when we finished our business, you know what he said instead of goodbye? He said, God bless you. I, I, I don't know if that's said very much in business meetings. Said, maybe, 
Maybe it should. Maybe we should feel free to do so. So in a conversation that was set up to discuss an an eight-figure check, where this guy obviously could be consumed with a lot of the concerns over over that. And, you know, I mean, you could easily, you know, be all wrapped up in, my goodness, this is a lot of money and so forth. But instead, you really wanted to talk about about faith. That's that tells you that tells you a lot. And maybe it's because, you know, a lot of people feel this particular way these days, that when the door is opened, they feel a sense of relief. Yeah. Because yeah, everybody's so right. afraid to talk oh, about my this. Goodness, yeah. And you're not sure. Am I gonna step on somebody's toes? Am I gonna offend somebody? And then all of a sudden somebody opens the door and then it's like, you know, they just want to rush in. This is what Matt says all the time. You say, drop the seeds, right? You drop seeds and then let God work on it. This is a seed I dropped, thought nothing of it, 2016. That's, you know, five years ago. The seed continues to be there. God takes good care of the seeds. We, he he uh, gives us grace to drop. And it's by he, the right of our baptism. We are called to do this. You know, I think, what did Jesus actually say? That if you are ashamed of me and you know, in front of these people, then he will do the same in front of the Father. You know, Matt, that's funny. Oh, you know, I don't like that. I don't <laughs> like that. Funny you should say that. That is what changed my life when I heard that. I, heard, I don't know if I heard it in church, at, the, at a reading or something, because I, I remember being very apprehensive about doing something I thought the Spirit was inclining me to do. I wouldn't do it, you know, and then I'd feel bad. I heard that. I thought, man, I... I got to take that next, as you said, right? I got to take that step. Take that step, you know? So when you have your family members together, don't feel bad about praying. Be invitational. People are, as you said, waiting for the door to be open. We want to go through it. It's written on our hearts. I mean, you always have to, I mean, you have to be respectful of the, of the other person. You always got to approach these types of things, especially where in situations where with certain family members it might be ticklish. With the, you had to approach this with the utmost respect for that person, the utmost care for that person. God loves them uh, more than we could ever possibly imagine, and we got to try to model that as, as much as we can. But nevertheless, that shouldn't stop us from bringing these things up, uh, even in simple, humble ways, but bringing up this, the subject of faith, because if you really do care about them, you're not doing them any favors by avoiding the subject. Um, and, you know, it, it is, you know, uh, I mean, there's a reason why, you know, we're told that, hey, if we don't acknowledge him, he won't remember us. Because that's what we're supposed to do. We are supposed to remember him with other people because, you know, God wants us to love other people. Mm. And how much more uh, could you possibly, you know, express some love for somebody by trying to help them admit the reality of salvation that awaits them. I mean, it, you know, it's it's such a beautiful thing, and uh, sometimes, you know, it's it is hard for us to do it. Uh, it may not always be received like a door being opened that somebody wants to rush right through it. Sometimes it may be received with hostility. We well, may. and you know what? You know people. You, I mean, that's one thing about family. You know people. So you know, be like our Lord. Meet people where they're at. Right. If if the, if faith is help me with the word antithetical to them, 
Did I say it right? You did indeed. Ha! I can learn. I am teachable, as my wife says I'm not. Then you approach it in one way, right? But whatever you do, you can you can do it. I mean, you can do it. Just do it in the way that they need to hear it at that particular moment. I'm, I'm reading a book. I'm almost done. It's uh, called Green Light by uh, uh, Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey. And he's, um, uh, uh, he's Catholic. And I'll tell you, uh, the, the book is, I don't, I don't recommend it from a theological standpoint, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, the church met him where he was at, and he came back. And, and that is not even the theme of the book, but you can feel it. You can feel where he's at today. Because, you know, even though we are not where we need to be right now, the hound of heaven, God is after you. He really is after you. But hey, we're talking about Thanksgiving, so and I'm we're talking about words I can't say. So uh, Ray, help me with this one too. There is in the month of November a plenary pl- indulgence. Plenary. How, how do you say it? Okay, making it shorten it. Plenary. Plenary. All right, so it's short. Hey, you know, somebody does you a good deed. You know, you go through the McDonald's line and someone has already paid for your uh, lunch or, or, or uh, you know, the, 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 the fireman has rescued you from the building. Or, you know, you see, everybody's seen that video where the policeman stops and there's a child and the, it isn't breathing. And, it, it, you know, the, the policeman dislodges that, that whatever it is in the throat and the child lives, right? These people are grateful and thankful beyond what you can possibly imagine. This is a time where we can offer a plen- plenary, plenary indulgence for the poor souls in purgatory. It used to be only a day or two during the month of November. Now we can do it for every, any day in the month of November. This Think, year only. This year only. Hey, act now for a limited time only. <laughs> this year only. So uh, could you tell me what a plenary indulgence is, and then I'll tell you how you might possibly earn it. Oh, well, okay. I thought I thought I was going to how you earn it. Um, oh, go ahead. So, tell, tell them how you earn it. I'll do the other one. So, you know, I mean, for a soul, uh, a departed soul, a departed loved one who might be suffering in purgatory, a lot of people don't choose to believe in purgatory either, but um, but it is, I mean, well, we could get into that and spend a whole lot of time on, on why it, why it's true that there we is a purgatory. Be thankful there is a purgatory. That's, That's right. Be thankful there is a purgatory. But anyways, um, so uh, you can earn, uh, I guess, reparation or forgiveness for all that person's sins. I mean, what a, I mean, suppose, imagine yourself in purgatory. And, uh, and you I, can, I can do nothing I can imagine, about it. I can imagine myself in purgatory. I'm yeah. going to be there a long time. And when you're in but purgatory. But if somebody's you... down on earth, somebody, oh, I, you're in purgatory, and somebody down on planet earth is praying for you in a way that through the grace of the church can earn you a plenary indulgence. I mean, my goodness, the joy would be unbelievable. And so you can do that for somebody. And so, you know, what you need to do is you need to go to confession. Uh, you need to receive the Eucharist. I think the confession, I think there's like a 20-day time period. So, you know, if you go to confession, then within 20 days, I'm sorry, you're, you're okay, so I, I can correct you maybe on some pronunciation. You can correct me on some technical points. Eight days, you're saying? Eight days. Uh, so, uh, oh, wait, forget it. It's changed this year. It's 20 days. It's 20. Uh, what do you know about that? Huh, so, wrong again. All right. So, Peter, next time you want to correct me, <laughs> doubt yourself. But anyways. Okay. So, anyway. so you have to have confession, ho- receive Holy Communion, and? Uh, so then you, you need to pray for the intentions of the Holy Father. And I believe that our Father in a Hail Mary 
you know, will do for that. Um, and you would need, and you know, this is another requirement that's that's part of every uh, different plenary indulgence that that may be available from time to time. You have to avoid, uh, but I, I think the terminology is attachment to venial sin. So you know, maybe if you you know commit a venial sin, okay. Um, but you know, I, you got to be careful. Too many venial sins, and you know, you may be you know skirting the line there. But uh, so you know, you have to try to be as virtuous as you possibly you know can, which you know that's the hard part of all this. But then, um, for this indulgence that's available for the departed souls in purgatory, you need to go to a cemetery, yeah, and pray for them, right. And not the cemetery that the person is in, but just not a cemetery. A cemetery, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and I've I have taken advantage of this for several people this month. And you know, when I go to these cemeteries and you're looking at all the markers and the monuments, and you think of the lives that those markers represent, the souls that those markers represent. That I when I go to the to the cemetery to do this. I, of course, always you know, pray for all of them as well. And there is something remarkable about it. You know, you're asking the Lord. And isn't that part of our, our, all of our prayers? Like, you know, like, for example, and the Divine Mercy Chaplet, you know, are for the, you know, for the Fatima prayer. You will pray, uh, pray for the particular person and then for all souls. You also pray for all souls. That, I mean, this, isn't that what God wants us to do, to love Everyone, and so when you go to a cemetery, and you pray for the repose of the particular soul uh, that is on your mind, and you you pray for the forgiveness and the reparation of all their sins, and you pray for that person that they may you know enjoy the the warmth and love of, of Christ in a very immediate way. Uh, if you mix in there the prayer for all of the souls, perhaps in that cemetery, there's something very uplifting about that. I mean, it's you almost feel like. Okay, maybe maybe it's my lawyer thing coming through, but you're the representative now for these people. I mean, you're imitating Christ, are you not? That's Christ right. is on the cross, and he offers his sacrifice to the heavenly Father for all of those people that are going to follow him. Yeah. So there, you can imagine yourself in a cemetery, and if you believe in the reality of prayer, and you believe in the reality of prayers being heard, there you are in that cemetery. Maybe there's not anybody else. Maybe it's a small cemetery. Maybe there's not anybody else in that whole cemetery, and you're there at that moment. And in addition to praying for that one soul that that's brought you there that day, you also mix in a prayer for all of those souls at that moment. You are the representative. Your prayer is being heard, and you are the representative for all of those souls. You consider yourself blessed to have the opportunity to do that. So as, as my buddy said, and as you uh, pointed out, my buddy Randy Castro, he says, be the one. I bet you those poor souls are going to be the one, every one of them, thanking God and praying for you. But, but think of it this way. And, and, you know, look, we have Protestant brothers and sisters listening to, to this as well. And whenever you hear the word purgatory, they may not like it. But think of it this way. We know that, this is, that all mercy comes through Christ. We know that. But think of it this way. God does not exist bound by time. God can in, intervene in a person's life and in a person's attitude in and out of time. So when we pray to God, we're, 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 to our Lord, to help this person, we're asking him to do more than we can do 
and he can intervene in this person's life in time and out of time. But the gratefulness of these people, they're the one, right? They will each be the one thanking God and praying for you if uh, through your efforts and God's grace. Yeah. I they're, mean, they're done. And you just hope that, you know, for the, the souls when... At some point, you know, they'll they'll pray for you as well. So I'm gonna I'm gonna divert a little bit. Still talking about Thanksgiving, but think about the th- and it's sort of in that same arena where people are getting something they didn't deserve. Right? We talked about the poor souls in ter- purgatory. Do they deserve to to, to uh, get out and go? No, but it's through your efforts that you do. But let's let's think about the other thing that we can do that will cause gratefulness. And I think especially at this time where we have a lot of familial relationships which are some not really good. Maybe if we extend forgiveness where possible and where not earned, we might really cause a lot of Thanksgiving to occur. Think about that. Think about that. It may be the hard thing to do. You may have a longstanding grudge, yeah, and then you let it go, and it may be very hard to do. Yeah, But if it's hard to do, It'll be noticed all the more. Absolutely. And when it is undeserved, that person knows that that forgiveness is completely undeserved. How much more would they be thankful? What did our Lord say? Those who have been forgiven much, much, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, look, that is one thing we can do to imitate Christ in his forgiveness, in his salvific effort, right? Extend forgiveness. And, and, and before people turn, tune us out and say, no, I can't do it, you're crazy, on and on, remember that forgiveness is in stages, all right? Uh, I remember talking to yeah. someone yeah. literally about their parent, and, and, and they were in my house, and, and they said, well, and, 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 and there's so much animosity. I said, well, you know, look, let, let's start out. You know, I know there were difficulties, but you don't, you, you don't hope this parent of yours is burning in hell. And she looks at me and she says, yes, I do. Really? And I really? Said, and I said, well, get prepared to join her. And, uh, uh, that, and was... that was probably a bit harsh. But you know, <laughs> what we, you know what we did? We stopped what we were doing and we prayed. So oh. the tears that came were unbelievable because we don't want to hold these grudges, right? We don't. We and it don't. feels better to let them go. S- step one Release yourself from jail and just hope the person isn't burning in hell. Step two, maybe hope the good for that person. You know, the, the forgive and forget is a long, long way down the road. So extend forgiveness to somebody who really doesn't deserve it. This is St. Joseph Radio Presents coming to you live from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. That was the voice of Peter Karutz. We have Ray Gerard to my right. My name's Matt Logman. Thanks for joining us today. Any or all of your time is always appreciated. And if you'd like a free copy of this program, give us a call after 636-447-6000. It is a free CD. We ask that you pay for the postage, and you can help save one soul at a time. Pass it on to a friend. And this you know, is this... evangelization moment. So to be obvious, these are just, we're just three regular guys talking about faith, and what we would like to do at, at, during these episodes that we have on a regular basis once a month, we're trying to share what you might do and what we can do to spread the faith. Water the and seed, those, plant the seed. Yeah, and one of those things that I think I want to talk about is, you know, well, what happens when, if you do bring up the subject of, of God, religion, faith, uh, purgatory, whatever, and you do encounter some resistance? Oh, pick me, pick me. 
<laughs> All right, Matt. Go ahead. Matt Lagerman, I'm picking you. All right. Well, look at it this way. The Lord talked about it. If you are ridiculed or persecuted because of his name, our reward is in heaven. Amen. And to put a, a little uh, exclamation point on that, um, you know, I think if what we're going to say here may be things that, 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 that people might find helpful, here's one suggestion to consider. If you encounter something like that, how do you respond? Um, and if you respond with a calm and a peace, that too can be noticeable. We said before, hey, if you give somebody some forgiveness that is, uh, it's gratuitous. It's not deserved. It's not yeah, expected. Right, yeah. It's not expected. That's very noticeable. Well, what if somebody, you know, uh, reacts to you with hostility and it doesn't phase you. You don't counterreact with any kind of hostility. You don't counterreact with defensiveness. I mean, that's that's often what we're uh, inclined to do, right? To get defensive. What if you just um, reacted with just a peace and a calm? Because that expresses uh, just sheer confidence. And of course, the only there's only one reason why you could have that kind of balanced uh, mental attitude. And that's because you have faith. So I think, and we've said this before on this program, if you're going to evangelize, you've also got to find ways to deepen your faith, whether it's an hour in adoration, whether it's reading a book on the life of a saint, uh, you know, whether it's Lexio Divina, where you just spend some time considering a passage in Scripture, whatever it is, if you do whatever is beneficial for you in helping to deepen your faith. When you do encounter some moment where somebody reacts to you with hostility, maybe then you can, in fact, react with just a calm about you, and that may be very noticeable. Let me flip the coin. So, you, and, and Ray, you, you are spot on. You know, how you react to this interpersonal relationship will be telling right? But the extending the forgiveness is, is the right thing. But let me, let me flip the coin. Think, and, and, and it's so that we don't get out of this task, if you will. What if that person that requires that you need to extend forgiveness to is not someone you're talking to, not somebody you're seeing, not somebody who's alive anymore, somebody who you cannot have a personal interaction with due to time, space, or distance? Do it anyway. Do it anyway. Don't use that as an excuse not to forgive. Here's what I'll tell you, and this comes, this, this comes from years of ex decades of experience from Bishop Herman. He says, that will change you. You will be freed of that burden. You will be freed of suffering because you've extended forgiveness. Why, if you're the one who was done wrong, why should you be the one suffering? Forgive that person, whether you can see them, talk to them, or ever will speak to them again. Forgive them, and what you will do is you will take the power of the evil one out of the environment, and you will be changed. And, believe it or not, because we think prayer makes a difference, that person will be changed, whether they know it or not. Extend forgiveness to that person, whether they know it or not. You will be changed, and they will be changed. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. 
Yeah. But I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, if you hold on to this, even if you can't communicate with this person, you hold on to this, it will, it will affect you. A lot of times we, we, we don't think of that and how these things affect us. We're not making this stuff up, folks. I think Christ talked about it. You know, really. <laughs> Where do you think we get this stuff, yeah, huh? Yeah, it's in the Bible, you know. <laughs> I mean, if you have a problem with your brother, you leave your gift to the, to, you know, back in the old days. You leave that gift there and go and repair the problem and then come back and offer your sacrifice. We do that today. You know, in the, in, in the Spanish culture, going to communion is much different. You know, here at, at, in our American culture, I'm uh, Spanish, it, it, everybody goes to communion. You go to a Hispanic church, maybe half the people will go. They take that very seriously. Make peace with your brother. Forgive your brother. And, there's, and that generates all kinds of thankfulness, right? Because we are talking about being thankful today. But in other words, extend a reason for someone to be grateful and thank you. Forgiveness is a wonderful way to extend that ability for somebody to be grateful and thankful. Yeah. And I mean, just to have the opportunity to do that, if you do have a situation where you've got somebody... Um, you know that you need to, you know that you need to forgive somebody where it's uncomfortable to talk to them about religion, and you do it anyway. You should be. Th- I mean, I think we should be thankful for the opportunities to do that. Be thankful for the grace to do that. So let's be clear here: no good work that you do is done on your own. The only way that we can do any good work is through God's grace. So as you're extending this forgiveness, don't forget to be thankful to God for giving you the grace to do it. And and I'm speaking very personally here too. You might say to yourself, I can't do that. I can't forgive that person. You're right. But with (laughs) God's grace, you can and and should. So thank God for the grace that you're, don't, don't revel in the great thing you just did. You thank God for the grace that he gives you to do this good work. You know, we're often, we're often told, think of uh, the sacrifice on the cross. And that may seem like a very dramatic thing to do. Well, but if we think it's hard, think about Jesus, how he forgave people from the cross, and then what you have to do won't seem so hard at all. <laughs> who, turned cake, on the, yeah. who turned on the music? I guess the time's running short, my friends. Hey, if you'd like a copy of this program, give us a call now, 636-447-6000, and we would be glad to send you a free copy. All you got to do is pay for the postage. Well, thank you very much. It is Thanksgiving coming up here. We got Ray Gerard, Peter Karutz. My name is Matt Logman, and my prayer for you folks is this. As we offer the Heavenly Father our broken, sinful selves, we ask Him that He prune heal and strengthen us and grant us the grace to be found living his will in his holy son's name jesus christ our lord and savior it's going to be a great saturday my friends thank you very much and until next time so long for now been listening to St. Joseph Radio Presents from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. If you would like to join us in our evangelization efforts, you can order a copy of today's broadcast or any of our past programs by visiting us on our website, stjosephradio.net. That's S-A-I-N-T, josephradio.net. Or call us, 636-447-6000. It's all at your fingertips to help us evangelize the world, bringing the good news of Christ 
to everyone you meet and change one soul at a time. Thank you for your prayers and support. Until next time, may God bless you and your family. This has been a presentation of St. Joseph Radio Presents.